no it's problem. A British cup of tea. What's in your cup of tea, Claire? Just tea, just tea and milk, hot tea and milk and a sugar. Nice. Yeah, it's very hot here today. Very hot. Where are you? I'm in uh, just outside London. It's a, a real a hot one today. But I'm not complaining. We've had it so cold. Thank goodness we've finally got some sunshine. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Where are you? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Right, okay. Yeah, it's really good to have you out here and, you know, enjoying the, the new month. You know, there's so much excitement. There's a lot of fitness that we have to get back into because people have been home for a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's causing, it's causing havoc with the gyms opening closed and opening closed. Yeah. I would love people to know more about you, what you do, and, you know, what you're all about, because I'm excited to hear, you know, your story. So I am um, a group exercise instructor now. Um, I've had a lifetime in sport. Um, started as a, a women's footballer or soccer player, as you, you would call out there, and an athlete. Um, stayed involved with that the right way through. Took my um, football coaching qualifications, came to the States in... 2000, lived in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, coached soccer out there. And while I was out there, um, I didn't have a green card. One of the instructors in the gym said to me, you know, why don't you become an instructor, fitness instructor? And being so typically British, I said, don't be ridiculous. And no, she said, like all good Americans, hey, it'd be great, it'd be great. And the next day, she came in with all the forms. And she said, no, 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 you're going to do it. So... I went through the American Fitness Association and did my qualification through AFA. I did a PT qualification while I was there as well. Came back to England a year later. I never looked back, really. I've been in fitness ever since, so 20-odd years doing group exercise. I was uh, working for one of the big gym chains here. I was their group exercise expert, was their fitness manager. And when COVID hit and the gyms closed, I was one of those instructors who pivoted from physical to digital, went online. If I tell you, I am such a technophobe, or I was, I mean, I said to everybody, yeah, we'll go on Facebook Live, it'd be great. I mean, I knew there was such a thing, <laughs> but I didn't really know how it worked. So I just said, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it. And um, joined us a, a mentoring group for all instructors who were doing the same. I went online, the gym was closed Friday, I started Monday, I have not gone back to the big chain. I've resigned all of that. I've now got a collaboration with another instructor. So we do two community halls a week on a Monday morning and a Friday morning. And the rest I do online, Monday to Friday. And I mainly target women, you know, over 40, looking to keep their fitness going, want to keep young, want to keep moving, want to feel better about themselves. And that's my, you know, my avatar, if you like, the kind of people that I target. And that's me. I'm also... Um, a triathlete in my, in my spare time. Um, and I represent Great Britain at age group level. So it's quite nice to marry the two. So that kind of inspires people to come in with me because they kind of think, well, if she can do it, we can do it. Yeah, exactly. It's that motivation. And I think, I, I believe a lot has to do with mindset. Yeah. The biggest thing I've found out actually about myself over all this is that people say to me, that I'm a good motivator. So take away everything else, that I am a very good motivator for people to do, you know, just exercise, just move, you know, we don't, we don't care. I know people think we 
you know, they've all got to be coordinated. We don't care. We just want to get you moving. That's amazing. If you think about the experience you're having now and the experience that you had before COVID, pre-COVID, with, you know, the activity, everybody's together, you know, there's that community. Does that have the same effect online? Is it different? Because now you said that you're not going back. So is that an, a pivot that is dynamic or do you just love the freedom and the flexibility? Um, I love the freedom and the flexibility and as much as uh, gym timetables are so rigid, you know, every Tuesday morning, if you've got a body conditioning class, you are teaching body conditioning. And because of the demographic of people that come into a gym, you're teaching a very definite style. You can't really break out of that because if you, if you change the class the following week, they come back and they say, to you, we, we didn't do it like that last week. So you're kind of a bit more limited and you're, you're kind of looking there whereas i think fitness should be there it should be much more functional about what we do every day so one of the things that going digital has allowed me to do is to structure the timetable from monday to friday so they get a much better mix through the week that gyms don't provide they'll they'll put on a timetable a class because an instructor's available or because the time slot suits not because it necessarily suits the member coming in so the member journey isn't necessarily always a good one because you might find across the timetable that because the only instructors that are available at 9.30 in the morning are body conditioning instructors, that you'd have body conditioning Monday to Friday. It won't be like, we'll start the week high intensity because you've had a heavy weekend and then tailor it off as the week goes on. It doesn't work like that. And that's the, the flexibility that you get online. It, it makes you very aware of, of structuring what you actually deliver in that, that half hour that I do, that everything flows, that it moves from one move to the next. So if nothing else, it's made me a better instructor. And for that face-to-face -face contact, I get it by going to the community hall. Um, but you can build a great community online. I mean, there's loads of banter that goes within the group where people speak with each other and you, you can build that within the group as well. Yeah, I believe so too. And it's that community that really brings out the transformation, I believe, because people tell their stories of how they started. You know, they probably lost weight, came back, and it's a journey. And I think everyone has that journey. And when everyone is giving themselves as that unique story, you know, as a unique selling point for themselves as a person, as a brand, it shows that health and fitness and wellness overall is priority. Yeah, I mean, you can you can manufacture it that, you know, I mean, I've done it on my group where I'll put, since joining Claire's Fitness, I have, right? And I, and I have what? It could be whatever you want it to be, you know? I, you know, I, somebody put, I found that going up two flights of stairs, I'm not out of breath anymore. Wow. I found that I could fit into a jacket that I haven't fitted into for months. So it just depends where your goal is. Mm. You know, I've got a lot of triathletes on the group as well. So they'll say... And I found that the biggest thing is less injury. They've had no injuries. So less injury is as a result of consistent workout, consistent stretching, consistent movement. Toning. I don't do one of the things I do every Friday. We do a balance and core workout, which for people who run to keep their ankles and feet strong and Achilles and calves intact, they need that single leg exercise stuff that helps because when you're running you're only on one leg at a time you're not you never run on both right so you know that strengthening has really made a difference to a lot of them that, that's been a real plus 
That's amazing. I'm thinking of it now in a way where you think about athletes like soccer, you think about basketball, and you think about people who are just running track. What is the one thing that cuts across all of them when it comes to mindset and wellness, when it, just in health and fitness? They, they are all now in every sport doing strength and conditioning. Okay. All of them in all the sports, which they never did. You know, you, you, you probably knew it as a kid. You turned up to the track, you, you know, you'd warm up. I mean, you know, there's a philosophy about, you know, if, if you're a sprinter and they're saying to you do a two lap warm up, you've got to be saying, well, why? Why am I running two laps when my event, it may only be 100 meters. Right. You know, so you, you can do a dynamic warm up that doesn't involve all that. You don't need all that. So I think we've learned over the years, you know, as sports evolved, that the strength and conditioning work is what gives us, you know, that explosive ability. And in the for the longer distance and the people who are doing more endurance sports, it gives them that sustainability to be able to keep the endurance going without the body breaking down. We're now preparing the body for what we're doing, for whatever sport it is. I mean, every... Every strength and conditioning coach now is doing sports-specific workouts for the for the event that people are doing. That's amazing. So strength workouts now are very conditioned in the way that when somebody is understanding the value of what they're about to get into, they literally take that sport it's in its entirety. Like, you don't leave anything unturned because now you're focusing on the whole sport. Yeah. But if you think even of a golfer, you know, where it's not an explosive sport, it's not particularly aggressive, but it's extremely aggressive on the body because you're always rotating through. So, you know, you know, Tiger Woods being a good example of how his back said, I don't like this. You keep rotating me. My back doesn't like it. You keep repetitively doing it. So he probably needed more core, core work to keep that back strong. Mm. Could you probably need to drive a bit slower as well, but we won't get into that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Could you tell us more about core workouts and why they're so important for us? I think in this day and age, people, we've had over the years where, where we've sat sedentary lifestyles, where we sit in front of the desk, our core is not engaged, we tend to slouch. We've got kids now playing on PlayStations, very much in that slouch position. You don't often sit up like this playing the PlayStation. And I think, you know, over the years where people had all these back problems, they ended up in surgery where they probably didn't need it, where they needed to strengthen their stomach muscles to hold the back muscles stronger. You know, with the onset of yoga and Pilates has really blown up over the years. It's really helped. Um, and I think we have a better understanding of what core means. I think... You know, Pilates is posh core. It's a posh abs workout. You know, we need we know that we need to work the abdominal muscles. You know, within the abs, there are 27 different muscles. Laying on the floor or doing that exercises very few. We actually don't walk down the road like that. It's not functional. Right. And, you know, there are other ways to, to strengthen the core. I, I, you know, I do a lot of it standing. A lot of the core work I do is, is standing because that's where we are. We're not, we're not laying on the floor. I do do floor work as well, but we're not on the floor, you know, doing plank work. Planks become so fashionable, mm. you know, because we are holding in those abs and strengthening up our backs. And, you know, people are not having the surgeries now. We, we can give them remedial exercises without them necessitating disc issues and bulges and that, that people have. And it's through lifestyle. 
that's amazing now because of the gyms like you said opening and closing what would you tell someone if they have a budget for the year to to focus on their fitness and they're like should i get a peloton or should i invest in a gym membership now i'd say come online with me (laughs) exactly you better get on claire's fitness program into the class you'll never be stressed about booking you won't yeah. have to worry about parking or the traffic you're in your own home you can strip off half an hour do it done and the day's yours why do you want to go to a gym when you've got booking for the class you're going to find traffic your hour slot if, you don't, if you're late you're going to miss it anyway yeah there's too much stress involved with gyms but joking aside i mean peloton are doing phenomenally well but as most personal trainers will tell you the idea of cycling and i'm a cycling so you know i come in under this bracket it's still sedentary because you're still seated. Mm. So if you said to me a peloton over a gym membership, the gym membership would have to be the priority because you're more likely to exercise everything. But um, but I mean, I think online is such a great way forward. I mean, we we were going to be online anyway. It, it just accelerated it, didn't it? We already had the virtual spins. We got virtual spin really with peloton. Mm-hmm. It was already there. It was already coming. Yeah. Just accelerate. And you think, you know, we fit. They were all doing already doing classes on the Wii Fit. You were already playing tennis and, and other sports on there. That's true. Exactly. It was coming. It was coming. And I think that was a very smart way of them creating that motion and building that kinetic energy, especially when you're swinging. Like you said, if you're golfing or you're a golfer, you're creating that swing effect. You're using a Wii, you're swinging as well. You know, and now people are moving their bodies. If you think about kids, like you mentioned, you know, with PlayStation down, what should they be doing and how should they make sure that they're still maintaining that core balance without overdoing it? You know what? The days of sending the kids out to play are long gone, aren't they? But that is what they should be doing. They should be outside, you know, get them outside, take them to the local park, get them on their bikes, get them playing basketball in the basketball courts, getting running around with the ball. I mean, you know, as, as we as parents, have we have we become our work-life balance become so much more work than life that are we missing a trick here? And maybe COVID's done a sort of favour where so many more parents are working from home. Maybe they've got more time now to devote to taking these kids to doing those activities. But I think, you know, dying off, you know, I was... I was training somebody over the park yesterday and you know, I saw a group of boys come over with a, with a football and I was I was just so pleased to see them do it you know I think, yeah you know yeah I think so Keep too sweaters down on the floor and- uh-huh <laughs> those are the things I miss I was actually talking to a, a, a friend the other day and I was just letting him know that for me and soccer like I'm a left back and I love playing soccer. I love playing football. I love playing, you know, the sport, the, even watching it, you know, the excitement, the thrill of everything. And just recently I got to know that, oh, the parks are now open and, you know, you can be able to go back and play. But I haven't played in about three years. That's football. And I'm like, okay, I need to get back into this shape. I'm already back in the gym and I miss that activity. Now, if, if you're thinking about a balanced workout, how do you plan that out if you want to do all those things and still stay productive? You, you need to just make sure you've got a bit of everything in there. If yeah. You've got maybe two or three conditioning workouts in a week and then everything else on top. And I think, you know, I mean, do you have in your parks there, you must have park run. 
Yeah. Now that has got to be one of the best um, creations, if you like, in fitness because it's non-competitive. Anyone can do it. You can take the kids in the buggy. You can take the dog. You can take your granny. You can take anybody with you. You can walk it. You can run it. You can walk a bit, run a bit. It, it's and you know if you can set aside, say that Saturday morning that you go and do a park run and. Maybe you, you make a point of going and doing different park runs. I mean, they are worldwide. You know, I was in Australia a few years ago. I did one in um, Sydney. I did one in Melbourne. You know, we, we were looking for the park runs. You can be a tourist and do it anywhere. And what do you need? A pair of trainers. Yeah. That's all you need. You, you could mix it up yourself. You, you don't even have to. It's not even rocket science anymore. There are so many options out there. You can pick up an online workout that does your strength and conditioning. You can find a stretch workout online. You can find yoga and Pilates online. Don't even have to go to a gym to find them. You know, you can, you can do a 15 minute workout. It doesn't have to be an hour. You can then later on in the day, go off and play soccer, you know, uh, football, basketball, baseball, whatever you're doing. You, you, you know, the options are there. It's just us making time for them instead of sitting in front of the TV with PlayStations, computers, laptops, iPads, you know, we, we all do it. Yeah. And I think when it becomes a habit, it becomes a routine and then it becomes a consistent pattern. And yeah. sometimes it can take over your activity without even realizing it. Sometimes you just need to break the cycle, don't you? Yeah. I think so too. And and speaking of breaking the cycle, when you think about breath work throughout the day, how does that play a role into your processing? Depends how stressed you are in your life. I mean, one of the things I talk about a lot with the ladies who are on my group is obviously during menopause, stress levels are high. Uh, cortisol levels within the body increase tenfold, and that causes weight gain around the middle. And that's the bit that most women struggle to lose. You know, I do a weight loss call. I, I call it weight loss. It's not really. It's wellness. I do a wellness course. Every so often, I put them in for four weeks. And the one thing I talk about all the time is this cortisol spike about stressful lives and how you can relieve stress so the breath work is important as a stress reliever for men as well as women that you take that time out to zone out and you're just conscious of you and being you and i think we lose we lose sight women men mainly lose sight of themselves they're busy running houses jobs kids you know there's not a lot of time for me you know and often i find myself on these wellness programs saying hold on you hold on a minute mm-hmm You've got to stop this. You know, where, where's you? Where, where is the you time? Right. Yeah, but I've got to, yeah, but it's all very well. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. You know what? The shopping and the laundry will still be there tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. You've got to, you've got to make some time. You know, and I said to them, you know, they think that if they're going to take on an exercise program, it's got to be five days a week because I'm running classes five days a week. I said, no, it doesn't because that may be unrealistic for you. Three, three workouts a week may be more realistic. And, and if you can do those three workouts, you feel achievement and then the stress levels drop. If you don't do those three workouts, you're already tense. And if you give yourself the goal of five and you never get there, you'll always feel failure. Right. Then your breath work needs more because your stress levels are through the roof. Exactly. <laughs> that is true. I think that is important to note because you want to work out so hard that you overbook yourself. And now stress yourself because you couldn't even do it because you're already burnt out from the inside. 
But you know what? Exercise provides great energy. And I say to people, if you could get that exercise in, actually, you'd probably have a more productive day. Because、mm. you'd have more energy. You'd feel better about yourself. You're in a happier place. You probably would, you know. Billion more. I mean, I, I, you know, women do this. We get up in the morning and, and make a list for ourselves about 23 things to do in a day when really it's probably only realistic to do 15. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Now that you're even thinking about productivity, I, I just came to think about how I, I, I loved, you know, until the swimming pool's closed. But Every time I was in the gym or you know, in a facility, I would be able to you know, work out and then swim right after. And the feeling is amazing because of the lungs and how you can be able to breathe underwater. And some people will say, Yeah, I can't do that because I can't swim. I taught myself how to swim. And I love doing that, especially after a workout when your body's still feeling good. Do those two things have an effect on you if you keep doing it, let's say, three times a week compared to someone who does not? Yes, of course. So, swimming is probably one of the best sports there is.、Um, it, you know, it's, it's relaxing, it's, it's lifelong, isn't it? it? You know, I see people in the, in the pool where I go to, 70s, 80s, even 90s. My grandmother used to swim until she was 93. She wow. You know, swims. Yeah, it's a great sport. I, I'm going to ask you so, when you, you imagine that great workout, right? You get yourself into the pool, which is now your chill time. How much thinking do you do then? How productive is that think time? That's a great question. I think for me, when I'm thinking, I'm focusing much on my breath. I'm focusing on, you know, just feeling whole. I'm not thinking too much about anything outside of where I am in the moment. And I'm focusing on reaching that end goal and coming back. And then at least taking those breaths, you know, in between to make sure that I'm still staying within my, my guidelines. Yeah, I think, and I think there's a lot of people who, when they take that downtime, will find it productive mentally.、Mm-hmm. I'd like you to switch off and just say, you know what, I'm in the moment. The only thing I'm thinking about is my breathing while I'm swimming or my stroke or my technique while I'm swimming. Correct. Um, I never get that opportunity because being a triathlete, I'm always like a torpedo in the pool. It's <laughs> 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 get that option. But there's no such thing as a relaxing swim. But, you know, if I'm doing a long, steady bike ride and it's quiet and the country roads are quiet, it's, it's calming. But also, you know, how many times do you find you may be stressed when you get up in the morning for whatever reason, work, life, whatever gets in the way? You get up and you, you, know, you go and do your workout. And you've done your high intensity bit, you've done your relaxation bit, and when you start the day, how much better do you feel? So much better. You feel like nothing can stop your day because your blood is flowing correctly, you're thinking straight, you've probably had some great protein, you know, you've had something that's really energizing your body, and those electrolytes in your body are also creating those reactions for you to feel more alive and feel more whole. Because sometimes when you wake up, you know that. Theta mindset and that delta state, you know, you're, you're still trying to wake up and change that. But I felt like for me, when I do wake up, and those, those、uh, swimming lessons I used to do for myself and just those trainings after work were like 6 a.m. in the morning, you know, when people are still not, yeah, it's a little cold, but <laughs> by the time you're done working out, you feel hot. That your body does not even catch that cold breeze, you know? So, and it feels so good. But I think some people love working out after work. And I don't, I don't fall in that category because I feel like if I'm doing that, I'm going right to sleep after that. <laughs>、uh, yeah. I think it's hard. You know, sometimes if I've 
gone down to the gyms, you know, looking back, gone down early in the morning and I see people out on their bikes or running or they've gone swimming early. And I, I, I think it's tough to get up that early. You've got to be motivated to do it, you know. You know, I'm privileged, it's my job. I don't have to start till nine. You know, I'm privileged, but, you know, I mean, I raced at the weekend. The alarm went off at 4.30 in the morning. Mm. So I was racing at seven o'clock. You know, that, that takes takes doing and I and I, I hold my hands up to people who do it and I'm, and at the same token I think when you've been in a day's work it's quite tough to then motivate yourself if you don't put your gym gear in the trunk of your car and go and do it there and then and you go home it's very difficult then to get out of the armchair and say you know what I'm going to go right that has to be part of the day it has to be part of the routine that's true I think so too and a lot of people sit you know watch TV they drive they don't really walk to work unless you're in New York, you know, or you're in a very busy or you're in, you know, you could be in Lagos, for example, you know, amazing places. You could be in India, you know, everybody has their own metropolitan kind of vibe and lifestyle. But I also think individually, everyone should be responsible for how they treat their free time. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the, the states in America, you know, I know when I lived there, you did have to get in the car to go. If you wanted to go to the gym, it wasn't like you could walk there. Things aren't on top of each other. I mean, here, I could walk to the gym. I could walk to the pool because I live more in a, you know, a more densely populated area. We're much more on top of each other here. We probably are more privileged in that way that we could walk and yet people still to pet car. Mm. That is true. When they could cycle or they could walk instead, you know, and they yeah. take the car there, really. Right, exactly. And then you have to think about parking. So it's the convenience. And if you can... Well, you don't have that problem with parking like we do. Because most of your... Most of where you park is free. Yeah. We're the opposite. You know, even the forest where I train quite a lot out, I'm near Epping Forest. It's a beautiful country. We park, you know, it's huge. Um, lovely trails, great for cycling, running, any sport you do. And what do they do? A month ago, they put in paid parking. And this is, this is free space for people. And I'm thinking, we're desperately trying to get people moving. We're trying to crack obesity. All these things. And you're charging for parking. Wow. Wow. That's that's different. <laughs> it sucks, doesn't it, really? It's not even fair, because now you're inconveniencing the whole point. There are old people that used to drive up there. There's a tea hut there to drive up, have a roll and a, and a cup of tea and a bit of fresh air. Now they won't go because they don't want to pay the parking. If you've got to pay, you know, £1.50 every day to park there for your hour, well, that mounts up over a week. And these are pensioners. They don't have that kind of free income. And all they want to do is sit in the fresh air. Mm. Wow. You know, they're, they're being deprived that privilege of free space. Do you know why that happened? It happened through COVID. Um, what was happening was because everyone was restricted to home, you know, a lot of people, if you've got kids and you're in a, an apartment with no outside area, they were driving up to the forest and they were parking everywhere and abandoning everywhere. And then they became antisocial behaviour with lots of litter. I mean, the bag loads of litter was ridiculous. And it was costing the, the local council a fortune to keep it going. So what they did, they put... Um, parking restrictions everywhere. They put red lines down so you couldn't park in these places, which pushed all the parking into the car park. Well, of course, then it became a nightmare. You couldn't park 
because there were just so many cars all being pushed in there that they decided if they made it paid parking, people wouldn't stay for so long. And, and they are right, that is what happened. But actually, it's gone the opposite way because people are not going at all. Right. So it has, it's had the opposite effect. It's a real shame because, you know, it's, it's free public space. And, you know, we're, we're in the business of trying to get people moving. And it's beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. It's such a shame. I really hope that, you know, they open it up again and just let people, you know, get back to it. No, it's not going not back. Happened. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they take the money. It's a shame, isn't it? It is. It's just sad, you know, but I think some sometimes like we think about digital and how we can move. This is pretty much like when you see a problem there's always an opportunity and those people that really understand how to take advantage of that really change the interface and uh, the user experience of how people communicate. Well, you think about it. I mean, I don't know how this happens in the States, but do you, if, if a personal trainer wants to uh, take a boot camp in a local park or field, do they have to pay for that? Can they just do it? I personally, I would not know, but from what I see, it looks like they could just, you know, have their space. You can see people just hanging out, doing what they want to do, and they leave. I don't see any restrictions myself. Here, if you want to use that kind of facility, now the, the local councils are asking you to pay for that privilege of using their park or their area. Wow. Because... Which is sad. Yeah, it is. Uh-uh. You know, on the one hand, his park run, it's free. You can do it anywhere in the world. Go and use the outdoor space. And on the other hand, is an outdoor space. But because you're making money, we've got to make money as well. Yeah, it's not cool. It's like it's like you're layering it up to a point where now it's unbearable. Yeah. Mm. Now, now that I'm thinking about the way things are happening, when you think about the digital interface now and how people are connecting online, Facebook groups, Zoom... Now, is there a way that people can still enjoy that by still walking in their own neighborhood or doing something that is collectively acceptable by a community? Well, online or in, in an outdoor space? They could be in an outdoor space, but they're connecting online and they're building that that same synergy. You can build it online. I mean, I don't use Zoom. Um, we had enough trouble trying to educate everybody to get on Facebook, let alone trying to educate them for wow. Zoom. Wow. Um, uh, I have not gone the Zoom route. Um, I just think, do you know what? I, I know this sounds weird now. I, I'm quite happy just watching me. Okay. <laughs> trying to watch. The trouble with Zoom, the only problem with it is... It, say you're participating in my class and your doorbell goes, suddenly you're off screen, okay? And, and me personally, I find that distracting. Mm. Suddenly, where's he, where's he gone? Where's he gone? What's going on there? When you come back, where you been? And I think that's distracting. And, you know, suddenly the dog's jumping up and, and you're watching people moving, but the, the, the image isn't that clear. You're, you're standing away from the screen. And I actually find it more distracting. I, I think the, the good thing about Zoom is you're doing Pilates or yoga and you really need to correct people. Then you need that face-to-face contact. When you're doing like I am conditioning, and I'm I'm doing it, I you know, I give so many options. You know, at the minute we're having a we're having a hit themed week this week. Everything's hit based. So yeah, we started this morning, right? We're doing a jog. Don't want to jog, march. You don't want to march forward and back? 
march on the spot. You don't want to lift your knees, just pump the arms. You know, there's so many different variations within it. Yeah. I don't really need to see them because that would be too much of a distraction. So it allows me to focus in on, you know, how can I help everybody achieve the workout? You know, we're doing a squat jump. Don't want to jump, just do the squat. Don't want to do the squat, don't go too deep. You don't want to lunge, do a squat instead, you know? Right. There's, there's ways around every exercise. So I think you can build community quite easily through the Facebook groups. They work really well. You know, we have quite a lot of people that are on my Facebook group come to the community hall. So if they want that face-to-face contact, they'll come to the hall and take it there. There are others, you know, there are, there are other women on the group on Facebook that love the idea that no one can see them, that, that they would never venture into a gym. In fact, I said to my group, of all the classes we do, we do we do leg workouts, upper body, upper and lower, we do stretch, we do, I mean, we do all sorts, all sorts of stuff. Wednesdays we do hit. It's a Wednesday hit day. I don't know how we got to that, but it was through them asking, we want to do hit. And I said to them, would you go into a studio at the gym and do hits and participate? And they said, absolutely not. Wow. And yet, online, it's their favourite class. Interesting. Because women feel intimidated by other women. You know, if they're a little bit out of shape or a bit bigger or a bit slower, they feel intimidated. Here, they don't have to. No one can see them. They can just do it at their, to their own level without, being, without feeling they're being judged. Mm. And I think that's a big thing because it also boils down to the same thing we began with talking about mindset. And, you know, when you grow and you can feel better in your skin, feel better with your mind, you can think better, your blood is flowing better, you have low pressure, you're not really overstressing or, you know, overthinking because sometimes that could also... Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how that goes for y'all, but I would love to know how that process Absolutely. is. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I've got, this is a good example. On my group, I've got um, sisters, Pat and Peggy. Peggy is a world champion triathlete. In a, she's in a 75 to 79 age group now. She's won multiple world championship medals. Her sister leads a sedentary life and she cannot get her out of the armchair to do anything. So when COVID happened, Pat said, uh, Peggy said to me, can you get Pat on your group? Let's see if we can get her moving. You've got two ends of the spectrum. So I've got a, a very accomplished athlete and I've got somebody with a sedentary lifestyle. We've got Pat started at the beginning. She is still on the group. She's now got her own set of weights. And as she'll say herself, I still can't do it all. The bits I can do, I do. What I can't do, I have a march. But they're both exercising. They're both doing the same workout. Yeah, probably Peggy's doing it at a higher intensity than Pat, but nonetheless... They can both make it work for them. Yeah, that's beautiful to hear. And that's awesome, isn't it? You can't buy that. You'd never get that in a gym. Mm-mm. You can't. Because in the gym, you're focused on getting in and getting out. Yeah. Take the register, tick them off, get bums on seats, as many as you can in the class. We don't care. We don't care if they're late, even though you do as an instructor. But nonetheless, they'll take them late. It is. That's true. I'm so glad to hear this because it really, it would start changing the mindset of people. And when they start thinking about, you know, why this is so important, especially when you think about longevity, health, wellness, you know, things to eat, 
people don't drink milk some people do some people you know there are all manners of things that affect the body now when you think about diet when you think about fruits what is the number one thing that people should think about when making this purchases or this um, lifestyle choices you know what funny enough i do i sit to do this wellness course for four weeks we do it for four weeks and the first thing i do is take everything out so they're not allowed dairy wheat anything with gluten alcohol caffeine it's non-negotiable for four weeks we take out all those foods why because they're all inflammatory they all have a response in the body so we clear them out for four weeks and then introduce them back after the four week period one at a time to see what happens mm. and they are always blown away by those that usually go to bread to start with it's always the bread that comes back in first um about how bloated they are and they don't realize that these are the kind of inflammatory foods that they're eating all the time that are causing problems with their body joint issues joint pain um bloating they can't shift the weight and it's interesting looking at them that when you look at their diet in a different way to any other you know I, I don't believe in um a, a diet as such in a weight loss program because if you eat a balanced healthy diet and you exercise you shouldn't be overweight right they should come together you should have you know a decent lifestyle you should not be buying i mean we don't need to tell people that to stop buying foods that have high sugar content high fat content we, we don't need to tell them they know they know that eating chips and mcdonald's and fast foods and pizzas and all, they know it they all know it. They don't, they don't want to do that because it, you know it's not so exciting. They think right. But when you pull all those foods out, foods out, and you start making them think about what they're eating and what they're having, it has such an enormous effect. In fact, you know I've run two of these courses. I've had a hundred percent success through the courses. Mm. You know because you pull. You know I said to them all, you can manage it for four weeks. We can all do it for four weeks. Not you know it's not forever. But you will see what happens to your body, mm. and I think you know whether you, you know eating fruit is great. You know they say, well, you know the sugar in it. Okay, what sugar? It's natural sugar. Exactly. <laughs> Eat it. What are you telling me? What? what, what who sprinkled sugar on it? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, if you're going to tell me you're going to eat a bowl of, of fruit and you've got to have ice cream and green with it, well, it's a different conversation. Right. But if you want to eat fruit, eat fruit. You want to eat oranges, bananas, whatever. Eat it. You want to eat greens and blitz them down and have them as a, a shape. Go for it. Yeah. You don't need to eat cake and biscuits and chocolate. You can have it as a treat, but don't have it as a treat if you're overweight because you don't deserve the treat to start with. Exactly. What are you rewarding yourself for? Right. <laughs> I've been good today. What? You only had three biscuits instead of four. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what's also interesting? If I say to people to write a food diary, then they're shocked. You know, they may say to you, oh, "I have a, you know breakfast in the morning." I said, "What do you have?" Well, I have fruit and yogurt. Okay, I think that's fine. And then they say mid morning, "Well, I have a cup of tea and a couple of biscuits with it." I go, "Okay." And then lunch, I have such as such. You know, I'll have a salad, and you think, "Well, that's great." You know, and then they say, uh, "Yeah, I had a chocolate biscuit afterwards because I always like something sweet after." Okay. And by the time you get to the end of the day, these extra little snacks. I've become a huge amount of calories, and then I have a glass of wine to finish the day, just to top it all off. And I mm. think the food that you eat at the meal times is fabulous. It's everything else. 
and and you know that uh, people probably said it to you when you say to them about their weight problem they love to say i don't eat much <laughs> right <laughs> that is yeah, true I mean, That's amazing. No, you probably don't. But when you mount it all up with a little snacking, right? Over time, uh huh. That's true. That is true. You know, people say, yeah, wine is good for you, chocolate is good for you, but also you also have to do it in moderation because you don't want to be having a sugar rush or you know overdose. You know. Have you have you seen it when you and you must have seen it with women do it? They go somewhere and then someone offer them a piece of cake. Oh, I really shouldn't. I really shouldn't. I'm trying to cut down. And before you know, they're picking at the piece of cake. And then the second piece. And then the third piece. And you kind of want to say to them, why didn't you just allow yourself the one in the beginning? Exactly. you would have just had the one. Right. But because you've deprived yourself, you feel like you keep picking at it. Exactly. It's because you get that sweet taste that you want to keep, you know, satisfying all the time. And it's kind of like a dopamine effect. Well, it's the brain saying, isn't it? I like this. I like this. Exactly. Pull it out of someone's diet for four weeks and then they end up with, with sugar and then they feel terrible. Right. Give them sugar after four weeks of not having it. Oh, they feel awful. It is. And even when you think about tea, for example, or, you know, drinking stuff, like I I know like white sugar is not good. Brown sugar is what I use, but I prefer honey. And sometimes you wonder, okay, are these two still good? I mean, it's brown sugar. It's not white sugar. I can still take it, it does that have an effect you know like think about well, how many how many cups of tea you have in a day where the sugar's in it barely i don't like two teaspoons i don't i don't go really crazy which i don't want to feel that sugar it gets too not much gonna do you any harm is it exactly not gonna do you any harm two sugars right okay but you know one lady on the on the wellness course because i stopped the caffeine stopped drinking coffee and over the period of four weeks didn't have one headache no way and i said so is it so that the caffeine was causing her to have headaches? But she would never have known that had she not done the wellness course and pulled it out of the diet. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that that could cause that because it's like you're creating a problem without even realizing it. Yeah. But how much coffee was she drinking during the day? How much caffeine hit was she having? How much spike was there within the caffeine? That was causing adrenaline to pump around 100 miles an hour that then stopped her sleeping at night because she had so much caffeine running around, which then affected the cortisol levels. So then she wasn't sleeping better. So it's, so it's a vicious circle. By the end of the four weeks, she was sleeping better, no headaches and feeling better. Yeah. Wow. Now I definitely got to think about how people take in their coffee and their, their, their tea. You know, green tea is good and it's good for the memory. It's, it's really healthy. And those are the things I look forward to. Even salt, like white salt and Himalayan salt, pink salt, completely different experiences. Yeah. Probably all taste very similar as well. So if you've got that sort that salt flavouring that you like, probably wouldn't matter what you put on, would it? Right. So you could go to the pink Himalayan the pink salts and the Himalayan salts and, and still get as, as good a, uh, a taste from them. Yeah. Exactly. And and this is all that plays into your purchases, your decisions, your eating habits, your your workout habits. And I think that repetition is really where the core value starts to attract that in, that inspiration to that motivation, to that transformation. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, you know, one of the problems that, you know, most exercise 
programs, digital, gym, wherever, is you lose people within the first three months of, of an exercise program. Why is that? Because they don't see enough body change within that time. And, and that's the only downside to somebody who starts an exercise program that the body will will start an exercise program and have chemical changes within it without any muscular atrophy, without any tone. And it's not till you get to that eight to 12 week time frame that you start to see body shape change. And so if you've got somebody exercising, they're doing well, really well for four to six weeks and they're not seeing any change. They kind of think, well, I'm doing all this work, but I'm not seeing anything and trying to just keep them patient. That's why gyms will sign you up for three months because they're hoping at the end of that three month period that you're seeing the changes that will hook you in. Mm. That's why it's three months. And you, you think it's the same online. If we can hook them in and hold them to it, yeah, that's a strong point that you've mentioned because three months, it also makes sense to me who focuses on, you know, SEO, digital marketing, Pinterest, you know, it takes even business in general. It's a quarter. People have quarterly objectives as a business. So if you think about those three months and you think about the turnover and the profit margins based on how you feel, what you feel, what you've experienced, what you've let go, it really changes a paradigm shift in your reactivity. And I've noticed that that creates a lot of excitement when you see the results. Somebody tells you, yeah. oh, you look better. You something you look you look a little bit more chiseled, like and you didn't know because you can't see yourself. You know, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you know, like you said, I mean you're you're doing the same as me. We build our businesses through Instagram and through social media. We post all the time, you're you're trying to connect all the time. You don't get clients all the time. Right. You got to keep. You have to keep sowing the seeds, sowing the seeds, in the hope that you, you know people will drip feed in. You, don't, you won't suddenly get a whole onslaught of clients. It doesn't work like that. Exactly. You want it to, but it doesn't work like that. And like you say, quarterly objectives, six monthly plans. You know, it, it, it's it's not an overnight fix, is it? Even for us, building a, a business and a brand. Exactly, and and I think that's when people get to hear their stories reviews and testimonials that they can now put themselves in their shoes and say, okay, if she could do it and I can do it. If he could do it and yeah. I could do it. Yeah, I mean, I put a testimonial up last week about, you know, the lady said she hated exercise and now she loves it. You know? That's deep. I mean, people resonate with that. A lot of people. I mean, women had poor experiences at school with, you know, physical education for classes. Put them off for life. Right. Now trying to get them back in and say, you really need to do this. They're thinking, oh, I hated it. <laughs> and that was the first thing you started with. You know, now it makes a lot of, it's like it comes right back to you. Yeah, that's, that was your first experience of, of any physical education. You know, as I call it, the blue knicker brigade chase. Put your blue knickers on and your top and... They make you do kind of exercises that you didn't really enjoy. I mean, I'm, I'm very much, I say to people all the time, find what you enjoy. You know, which is why I wonder why some of these people have run back to the gym to, to go and do some of these classes. They don't enjoy them, they're just doing them. And I think you're not giving it your all. So what are you, what are you getting from it? That's true. That's true. If there's one thing that you would tell people today if there's anything that they didn't leave with, what's the one thing that should they should take home today? I would I would always say to people, 
you know, find what you enjoy because once you enjoy, you'll stick to it. It's no good going into a body pump class, lifting heavy weights. If you hate every minute of it, you won't stick to it. You won't give it your all, you won't get the results. Find something you enjoy. If you enjoy walking or you enjoy swimming or you enjoy running, do that. You don't have to do it all. You know, the strength and conditioning we know we do need to do, but if it's not your bag, don't do it. Find what you enjoy and then do it wholeheartedly. That, that's always my takeaway. If all we want to do is get you moving. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Claire, for being here in the playroom. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Anytime. Is there any way people can reach out to you? What's the best way they can contact you if they want to join your class or just, you know, learn more about you? Two, two ways to contact me on Facebook, Claire Bloom with an I and with an E in Claire, Claire Bloom, or on Instagram at Claire's Fitness at C-L-A-I-R-E-S Fitness. And it's a lower dash, not the middle dash. Yeah. Claire's Fitness on Instagram. So come and join me. I've got some free 15-minute workouts that people can take away and have a go just, just themselves. There's 10 workouts on the group. Go and do them and enjoy them. See how you get on. If I can inspire you just to get moving, my job will be done. Exactly. Wow. I'm looking forward to it. I hope everybody is also going to, you know, tap in and make sure that you're able to tell about, you know, tell us what your experiences are because we love to know and we love to keep people inspired every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. And it's lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you too, Claire. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Take care. Bye.